This is episode 23 of Functional First Podcast, where we speak with leading experts in the field of functional health. I'm Katie Yamamoto from Functional Media, and today I'm speaking with physiotherapist Baram Jam about the use of ice or heat after injury. Thanks for joining us again, Baram. Can we start with an introduction? Absolutely. It's my pleasure having you. I think you guys are doing an excellent job with this functional media video series. And I'm Baram Jam. I'm a physical therapist in Toronto. And I love teaching. I love researching and passing on the research studies to other physiotherapists. So I like to spread the best available evidence. And here's the amazing thing. It constantly changes. What you thought was right five years ago, suddenly there's a 180. No, what we knew was wrong. So I love doing that stuff. Okay. And so today we are talking about ice. Yes. So our first question for you is that patients often ask if they should use ice or heat after an injury. Okay. How do you answer that? Well, the truth is, I want to say, why do you want to use it? If I could quote research studies, for example, for acute low back pain. There was a big study. They took everyone with acute low back pain in an emergency department, and they wanted to answer that question once and for all to patients, which one they should recommend. Half of them were recommended ice, randomly allocated. The other half was recommended heat to use every two hours, and the other one was ice. And they followed them up after three days and one week. And you know which group did better? The same. There was no difference if they recommended ice or heat. But you know there was a subgroup of people that did better with ice, and there was a subgroup of people that did better with heat. You know what the criteria was? Prior to the study, they asked them, which one do you think will help you more? If they believed ice was going to help them more, but they were put in the heat category, they didn't do well. If they hated ice and they were given ice, they didn't do well. But if they loved heat and they got heat, they did well. Basically, the rule is, ask them, what do you prefer? So that's my answer. What do you prefer to put on? Depending on what people prefer, do you think that that does have an influence on their pain? It does. If you believe something's going to help you, absolutely, it does have an influence. And as long as you go by the philosophy of do no harm. But if you don't like something, then I suggest you don't do it. For example, acute after an ankle sprain. The common sense is put ice on it. You know, we all know about rice. Rest, ice, compression, elevation. But the ice, after 50 years of research studies, we still don't have one shred of evidence to support that icing is effective, believe it or not. You know, we always talk about this conflicting research. You know, one research says one thing, the other research study says other thing. But in the case of ice and acute soft tissue injury, there is no conflict. There's yet to be a study that showed ice was effective. So every study shows it's ineffective. It doesn't make a difference. Now, uh, compression does help, elevation does help, but the actual icing, there is no conflict. But people, it, we've been brainwashed so much in the last number of decades that you must ice and it's even put in, you know, almost like uh, clinical practice guidelines that you must ice something. And if you ask people, well, where's the evidence for that, that ice reduces inflammation or speeds of healing? They say, oh, it must be there. I suggest you look up the systematic reviews, which all overwhelmingly conclude after 35 studies, 22 clinical trials, not one of them supports the use of ice. Yet it's done. Can you explain how the inflammatory process works and what the thought is behind how ice would influence that. Sure. So mammals have been around for a few hundred million years. And before that, there were reptiles. Now, we all have an inflammatory reaction when we injure ourselves, as do birds, as do mammals, as do reptiles. And homo sapiens, as humans, we've evolved about seven million years. And you can't tell me seven million years of evolution is wrong. 
because we've managed to survive somehow with the exact right amount of physiology response to injuries. We've been injured since the beginning of time. So what the body does when it gets injured, it has an inflammatory response in order to start the healing process, whether you sprain an ankle, twist the wrist or whatever. And people say, well, this inflammatory reaction that occurs after an acute injury is a pathology. It shouldn't happen. Are you kidding me? What do you mean it shouldn't happen? They say, well, you got to take anti-inflammatory pills or ice it to decrease the inflammation. And I got one question to ask. Why? Why are we trying to decrease inflammation? Inflammation, the last I checked, was an amazing thing. It's a good thing. It releases histamines, prostaglandins, bradykinins, all this good stuff to start the macrophage and all that stuff process, to start the healing process. How is that bad? Well, they say, well, when you get an acute soft tissue injury, the body produces too much inflammation. I quote in air quotes, too much. What is too much? You mean we've evolved for millions of years and the body hasn't figured out how much inflammation to produce based on our injury? What kind of nonsense is that? The body knows exactly how much inflammation to produce in that environment. So there's no such thing as too much. And suddenly we come up with the ideas, oh, we must eliminate inflammation. Seriously? Why? Why eliminate inflammation? So the reason we have inflammation, we must appreciate, is for basically three reasons. One, inflammation causes hypersensitivity in the area, which is good. It's tender, so you won't put as much weight on the injured tissue or touch it or twist it if it hurts. That inflammation. The second thing in that swelling protects the area because seven million years ago, we didn't have going to the emergency and putting a cast on someone. So the body produces its natural cast swelling, so it limits the movement, which allows the healing to occur, which is a very positive thing. And the swelling allows time for the, increases the fluid retention, increases permeability, so it can absorb all the things required, uh, the macrophages released for tissue healing and collagen formation. Suddenly humans come along in the last few centuries and we say, oh, we need to eliminate inflammation. Why? Now, I'm not talking here about pathological inflammation like rheumatoid arthritis. I'm just talking about acute soft tissue injury. We should not be messing with them. And if I have to say one more thing, to me, trying to get rid of inflammation after an acute soft tissue injury is like trying to get rid of coagulation and taking anticoagulant pills after you cut yourself thinking that coagulation is a pathological thing. Are you kidding me? Coagulation is the most wonderful thing the body does. Oh, but the body coagulates incorrectly. Are you kidding me? Unless you're hemophiliac or something, the body coagulates the exact right amount in the right amount of time. So you said that there is no research supporting that ice helps. Is there any research that shows that ice may have negative effects after acute injuries? But let me say one thing. Ice does help. Like in the kid's playground, when a kid bumps his head, I'm not against putting an ice on the kid's head for two to three minutes. How long does a kid keep an ice on for? Two minutes. Ice does have a numbing effect on the skin. That's it. It numbs the pain. Post-surgery, post-ACL repair, knee replacement, ice does have an effect on numbing the skin. And some studies show, even though it's conflicting, that it reduces the need for medication. So if you use cryotherapy after surgery for pain, I'm okay with it. But don't say it reduces inflammation because it doesn't. And so that's one beneficial effect. Okay. What was your question again? <laughs> so in terms of the research, is there anything that show that using ice may have negative effects? Well, 
They've done the studies on people post-exercise and muscle soreness. So what they did was they researched, they worked their triceps out to make it really tired. Half of them they put ice on for 30 minutes and they told them to do it in the next two hours. And the other half, they didn't get any ice, cryotherapy on their triceps. And they wanted to see which one has, after three days, more fatigue and they analyzed their fatigue and their pain and stuff. The ones that actually did icing had worse outcomes. They had more fatigue and less strength than the ones who didn't ice. It seems like if you ice for the purpose of um, uh, preventing muscle soreness, you're doing a wrong thing. Leave it alone. So in terms of ice baths or whole body cryotherapy, are you, as a recovery tool, are you against that? Do you think that's just a fad? I don't think there's enough research on it, but so far the research shows it doesn't work. However, if people believe it works, which is the most important thing, it seems to work. Um, I think it is a fad, but people who have money will do anything to make themselves get better. Certainly based on physiology, it doesn't seem to make sense. Why are you trying to constrict vessels in order to speed up healing? It's just, just illogical. And the studies don't support it, but people like it and some people will swear by it. Then again, people swear by all kinds of interventions. And my rule is, do no harm. But speaking of harm, I think there are certain situations where you're actually harming. If personally I twisted my ankle, you know, today, I wouldn't ice it. Why not? Because they did studies on rats. Because they do it on rats because they can't do this stuff on human beings. What they did was they put pressure and they crushed the flexor digitorum tendon of rats. And then they put immediately afterwards, they put 20 minutes of ice on half the rats and the other group of rats that they injured it, they didn't put the ice on. And they looked at the outcomes and they sacrificed the poor little rats after 24 hours, after three days, after seven days, after two weeks, and after 28 days, so four weeks. And what they do is they take these rats' tendons and they put it under microscope and they analyze how the collagen formed. What the study showed was consistently that rats that got the ice after their injury had significantly poor collagen formation. Instead of it being smooth, it's poorer collagen quality and the cell proliferation was worse. In every aspect, at a cellular level, they had worse outcomes. So if it was my ankle, I want to have the ideal collagen formation. I wouldn't mess with putting ice on and delay collagen formation. But people are told, oh, put ice on, helps healing. And I'll tell them, show me one study. I don't have a study on this, but I would argue if you put ice after an acute soft tissue injury, you may be increasing your risk of recurrence rate. We all know recurrence rate for ankle is high. I can't honestly say that is because people ice, but I think it could be a factor, but I have no study on it. But from what I know from animal studies, I wouldn't do it. So what do you think is the best way to reduce swelling? Why reduce swelling would be my answer. Why? The body produces the right amount of inflammation for the thing. If I had to say how to reduce swelling, it would be uh, optimal loading, which means Put load on it, and the more circulation you get, move it. The more you move it, short of pain, short of irritating it, movement is the ideal thing. What absorbs the swelling? You know what? The lymphatic system, and the lymphatic system relies on muscle contraction. So contraction of the muscle is the best way of reducing inflammation. Doesn't matter whether it's arthritis, whether it's soft tissue injury, as tolerated. Another thing that actually helps is compression, which I would be a fan of compression. The studies show, however, when you do compression with ice versus without ice, has no difference in outcomes. The other thing, elevation. That seems to help also, some for that. But icing, whether you do it or not, it doesn't make a difference. But in fact, my argument is based on animal studies, it makes it w worse. So in terms of after an acute injury, your thoughts on 
So rice is rest, ice, compression, elevation. I disagree with rice. Rice is the rest, don't rest. I disagree with rest, don't rest it. Disagree with ice, don't reduce inflammation. You're preventing proper collagen formation. I'm for compression, I'm for elevation. If you want to, I don't think it's even necessary that. With regards to price, protect. If it's a serious injury, for a fine, protect it. I'm talking about grade three, major ankle sprain. Most, I don't think you should protect it. Let it be. Now. People ask me, how long should I protect my ankle for? How long should I limp for? And I ask them this question. When a dog hurts its foot, how long should a dog limp for? How long does the doctor vet or tell the dog, you should limp for four weeks or three days? Or how long do this research studies inform the dog that it should limp for? The answer is the dog limps for as long as it needs to. That's how we've evolved. If it's severe pain, you know, the dog doesn't put any weight on it. But as if it wakes up in the morning and says, oh, I need to get my food and it, ooh, it hurts. So it limps a little bit. The next day it says, oh, squirrel, I got to run. Oh, I can't run. And then the next day, oh, a squirrel. And it runs and it limps less. Listen to your body is the best answer. Leave it alone and optimal loading is the best. So I'm a fan of police, which is uh, protect, uh, protected is meanings don't run on it. Optimal loading and the eye in the ice. I would take out. So unfortunately, rice, price, police, they all have the vowel I, I in it. I think they just want to fill up a vowel in there. I'd say take out the ice. So you said that uh, optimal loading and movement would be the best thing to help people recover. What about people who have mobility restrictions? For example, if they had a bad fracture and are non-weight bearing and in a cast. Well, fortunately, if you're in a cast, you can't put ice on it, so I'm okay with that. Um, elevation would still be an idea. I'm a fan of um, working the contralateral side. It seems somehow at a neurophysiological level, at the brain level, if you work the opposite side, it has an effect. It's like mirror therapy. I would be a fan of that if people really wanted to decrease the swelling or minimize the atrophy of the leg that's irritated. If you can't move it, you can't move it because of a fracture. But the moment the cast is removed, movement is your best friend. And you spoke a little bit about the use of ice post-op and ACLs and surgeries like that to help a little bit with pain. What are your thoughts on the use of ice machines post-op? Do you think that it should still be recommended? I think it should be recommended if the patient likes it and if they feel when they put it on, they don't need to take their medications. But the studies don't support that it really does much. But in some studies, it showed it did reduce the pain medication required. So I'm going to say it's up to the patient. It really doesn't make a difference with regards to their recovery. But I'm not that much against it. Even post-op rotator cuff, some say you need to put that cryotherapy thing on versus they compare to just putting ice pack on. It had the same outcomes. There was no different fancy machine or an ice pack on it. Again, it's to numb the skin. That's the only purpose of it. And what are your thoughts on non-contrast baths? Non-contrast baths, the studies, we just don't have it. I'm not for it. I'm not against it. I know you put one hand in cold, and then you put one hand in the hot water, and it's supposed to vasoconstrict, vasodilate. I rec used to recommend that a lot. I didn't find any magic interventions in it, so I don't anymore. Um, I'm neither here or there. So at least the, the heat causes the vasodilation part of it. What we want to do is get as much circulation in the foot. So maybe contrast bath does it, I'd be all for that. But I know putting ice on for 20 minutes, 
does the opposite. It stops lymphatic flow. It stops lymphatic drainage. And it stops muscle contraction. So it actually prevents inflammatory absorption, which is opposite of what we're trying to do. And so we spoke about the use of ice. What about the use of heat? Can that make a difference? In acute, if it's an inflammatory condition, um, I think you should leave it alone. That's my opinion. If you look at Ayurvedic medicine or traditional Chinese medicine, they don't even talk about icing. If you went to India and you told them you put ice on an injury, they'd look at you like you're an, you're an insane. Why would you put ice on something? First of all, thousands of years ago, they never had ice in India, but they, they just wouldn't because it seems illogical for them. They put heat on everything because that's what they have. With regards to acute low back pain, there's some studies that if you put heat on, it can be of effect, uh, it can be beneficial. But the inclusion for the criteria was they asked them, do you feel like your muscles hurt? If the people said, yeah, I feel like my muscles hurt after they plowed snow and they got these sore muscles, heat seemed to be a benefit in reducing pain temporarily. With the inflammatory process as well, a lot of anti-inflammatories are recommended. So what are your thoughts on that? Anti-inflammatory medication is on top of the list to give to patients who have acute soft tissue injuries based on their clinical practice guidelines because there's overwhelming amount of research studies supporting those who got NSAIDs versus those who got placebo medications did better. So you would think me, as a fan of research and science, would say, obviously, we should give NSAIDs to people. I would say, eh, I don't recommend NSAIDs after acute soft tissue injuries. Why don't I? Because I'm a fan of recovery. I'm not a fan of giving temporary pain relief. They did a study in Australian military personnel where they took all of them who got acute ankle sprains. Half of them, they gave them NSAIDs, and the other half, when they injured themselves, they gave them placebo medications. Do you know which ones had significantly faster recovery, return to the running, functional activities, less pain? The ones that got the NSAIDs. You would say, obviously, Baram, then you should, the doctor should be recommending NSAIDs, and that's what the study concludes with. Physicians should be recommending anti-inflammatory medications after acute ankle sprain. What they fail to mention is the little bit of stuff that they found in the study that they don't talk about. The ones that had the NSAIDs after four weeks and six weeks had significantly greater inflammation in their ankle than the ones who didn't take it. Why? Hypothesis, they return to their functional activities too early. Because what the NSAID does is numbs your pain, so you do more when you shouldn't be doing more. Remember the dog analogy. I want people to limp as long as they need to. To me, it's like taking, spraining your ankle or having a fracture and then taking morphine to numb your pain and going for a run. That's silly. Sure, morphine would decrease your pain, but is it actually helping your recovery? And what they failed to mention in the study is that the ones who took the NSAIDs had significantly high, the percentage of them had higher anterior drawer tests on their ankles, meaning the ligament was lax, versus the ones who were given the placebo had significantly lower percentage of them who had positive anterior drawer after their six weeks, meaning their collagen healed faster. And if I go back to anti, um, study on rats that they do and rabbits, half of them were given NSAIDs, the other half were not given NSAIDs, and some of them are given acetaminophen, and when they dissect the rats, they sacrifice them after a few days, weeks, they pull the little rat's tendons apart, they have significant, and put it under the microscope, they have significantly poor collagen formation and weaker collagen. So what I look at it as taking NSAIDs gives you temporary short-term relief. Long-term, I don't think it helps your collagen healing because you probably go back to your activity too early. What's wrong with letting it heal? When, did, when was that wrong, allowing the tissues to heal? So um, I 
would love to see a study that did this, gave people half of them NSAIDs, half of them placebo, and then looked at the recurrence rate within one year and two years. I put money on that the ones who got the real NSAIDs would have poor, more re recurrence rate. But nobody looks at recurrence rate for back pain. Everybody get, supports NSAIDs for acute back pain. Not one studies ever look at recurrence rate of those who get NSAIDs versus those who let their back pain just be. I say let it be. So you don't think that the anti-inflammatories necessarily have a direct impact on the tissue healing? It's just because people do more when they're on them that they shouldn't be doing? Correct. Okay. I think it may reduce inflammation. But uh, why are we trying to reduce inflammation in the first place? When was inflammation bad? It's good to have prostaglandins, histamines, and bradykinins. Again, the argument is the body produces too much inflammation. Really? Millions of years of evolution, the body hasn't figured out how much inflammation to produce? Completely incorrect. What about the use of topical anti-inflammatories? I'm neither here or there. I know there's some research supporting topical inflammatories. The benefit is at least it doesn't affect your GI system and cause the uh, potential bleeding ulcers and things. Um, for acute soft tissue, I still say leave it alone. Move, move, move. If it's painful though, that's a different topic. You know, when I, I don't, I'm not against taking, for example, acetaminophen or Tylenol for pain relief, especially if you have night pain. There's nothing worse than having acute injury and not being able to sleep at night. So, and the studies on animals, it showed that taking acetaminophen actually didn't affect collagen formation versus NSAIDs did. So uh, taking acetaminophen would be good for pain if, if it's required. Okay. So last question then. Yes. Where can people find out more about you? The article that I've actually written on ICE, which I'm happy for everyone to read because if people want to read all the references that I can back up everything I said, is on my website, apti.ca. Apti stands for Advanced Physical Therapy Education Institute. And there I have the papers that I've written questioning the use of ICE uh, post-acute soft tissue injury and questioning use, using NSAIDs, anti, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories after acute soft tissue injury. And another, my favorite topic is questioning static stretching for preventing injuries or for pain. The studies don't support that either, by the way. And um, other studies on demystifying, you know, versus certain manual therapy techniques that we use in physiotherapy. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Functional First Podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please give us a rating on the iTunes store and stay tuned each month for a new episode.